This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, as of now, CC, you don't have to worry about that because it doesn't seem like Jerry Jones is doing that. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. All right, we're going to get back to the Lakers conversation, the hourglass, the days of our lives with the Los Angeles Lakers in a little bit. As, we don't have to get back to that No, we're going to. <laughs> we yeah. don't have to. Lakers lose last night. LeBron going passive-aggressive, subliminal message LeBron with the hourglass on Twitter. But Jerry that Jones... That was about the most aggressive I've seen any Lakers player in the last couple of nights. What, Le- on social what media? LeBron did on social media. Just wait a minute. That's about as, aggre- as aggressive as I've seen any Lakers player in the last couple of games. <laughs> so grading extremes of aggression... The passive aggression from LeBron is greater than the active aggression from his teammates. Or for all of them, Mm. for that matter. Okay. Yeah, from all of them, yes. Just making sure. Yes. So Jerry Jones met with the media yesterday and discussed Dak Prescott's future with the Cowboys. Dak has done nothing to change my mind on any uh, promise for the future. I think I said in the deal that we'd go as far as Dak takes us in the playoffs. Remember that? Right. We go as far as Dak takes us. Right. How you playing? And that's how far we went. Oh, right. So okay, so my point is that doesn't change a thing. Okay. Where we'll go as far as Dak takes us. So that's part one, obviously, that's with so this. so confusing. All right, that's well, hold so on. That's so confusing. But wait. So do you want to sign him again? There's more. Jerry was asked about going all in this year. I would anticipate we'll be all in at the end of this year. So when you say, is there any thought? Uh, I think we'll strain her. Uh, we'll we'll push the hell out of it. Okay. Is, it is that doing something differently than you had in the past in, in, in that respect? Well, it will be, uh, yeah, it will be going all in on different people than you've done in the past. And, uh, yes, I would say that you will see us this coming year not building for the future is the best way I don't say it. Okay. And that ought to answer a lot of questions. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. Going all in a different... Like, are they going to get actual cowboys? <laughs> like like people with cowboy hats and cowboy boots? What do you mean you're going all in on different people? The Dallas Cowboys are known as the organization that will sign anyone. Regardless of what you've done in your life, they don't care. They'll sign you. They, like So basically, what Jerry Jones is telling us is that the Dallas Cowboys, in Dak Prescott's final year, no contract extension on the horizon, Mike McCarthy's final year, no contract extension on the horizon, that they are going to have a last dance before a first dance. That's what they're telling you as of today. That's not to say that Dak Prescott may not get a contract extension at some point, but as we sit here today, what he has just expressed to us yesterday was we are entering into our we've-got-to-do-anything-it-takes season. We're going to do it all. We're going to sign Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. It doesn't matter who, what, and when. All in one year. Last dance before a first dance. Well, here's the thing. The Cowboys are suffering with leadership issues in the organization, both from a coaching spot and from the, the player leadership aspect of things. And what Jerry Jones is doing by seemingly publicly hedging against Dak Prescott in a potential contract extension is what he's saying is he's undermining the leadership and the belief that the players could have in Dak Prescott. And haven't we already seen enough of that publicly from players' families? Like you saw it from CeeDee Lamb Mama. You saw it from Terrence Parsons, Michael Parsons' brother, about how Dak needs to take a team-friendly deal this time around so that other guys can get paid. I mean, you saw the optics of CeeDee Lamb being frustrated after the first drive in the wild card game against the Green Bay Packers. So what Jerry Jones is doing publicly by talking about Dak Prescott and not being committal about getting a contract extension hammered out is essentially undermining 
the the belief that the players in the locker room have in your quarterback. It, it, it undermines his position as a leader in the organization, and I don't I don't get how that serves the purposes of the organization and the team when they're trying to compete for a championship. The last thing you want to do is allow your quarterback to go into the season as a lame duck. If you look around the NFL, organizations don't allow that to happen to franchise guys. We don't let them go into the season as a lame duck. People that look at quarterbacks as top 10 players at the position, they don't allow those guys to have a one-year proposition unless they plan on franchise tagging them. But we know with the Cowboys – They don't have that option because Dak has a no-franchise clause in his contract. He also has a no-trade clause in his contract. So if you're Jerry Jones, by not extending Dak Prescott this offseason, you're essentially getting in your own way when it comes to your team developing the requisite chemistry that it takes to be at their best once they get to the playoffs. But that's what Jerry Jones does, right? He disrupts the chemistry. He's always the one that's going to say something publicly, have his name in the headline that makes us talk about the Dallas Cowboys and speculate on the future of this team. This is classic Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. And he's gambling here. If, if this plays out in the manner in which we expect it to, where maybe they don't extend Dak because they are trying to ramp up the pressure or the sense of urgency – it feels like we are walking into a last dance situation with Dak and with Mike McCarthy. And while the the power struggle might intensify internally, I don't know, maybe it could work the other way. Maybe it could it could make them have such a sense of urgency that they come in and they're like, everybody could be gone next year. Yeah. And and by the way, if that's already existing, I don't know if him not getting another contract is going to change that. I mean, he's going to have to have conversations with his teammates about having their family members talk about him publicly anyway. So whether this works or not for the Dallas Cowboys is is obviously to be seen. It's TBD. But just because Dak is a franchise guy doesn't necessarily mean that they think he's their franchise guy. He's 2-5 and five in the playoffs. He's a really, really good quarterback. But if he can't get it done again, maybe they are okay with him walking away or putting themselves in a position to kind of reboot at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You'd just be hard-pressed to find somebody that can play at a higher level than Dak. I mean, he's going to finish what, top two, top three in the MVP voting this year? I mean, he's not going to win it, but he's he's going to be up there. He clearly took another step in terms of his evolution, his development as a player with Mike McCarthy being the play caller. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand if you're Jerry Jones, if, you're, if, you're, if you want to maintain that continuity and you believe in the good things that y'all have built over the last several seasons, then why wouldn't you keep the good feels going by extending the contract of Dak? Like, it just doesn't work out for teams when they allow their quarterback to be a lame duck. It doesn't. Like, the the last time I remember, if I'm remembering this right, a quarterback won a championship going into the final year of his contract. You're probably talking about Joe Flacco back in 2012. But the Baltimore Ravens organization had plenty of leadership. You had Ray Lewis. You had Terrell Suggs. You had Ed Reed. You ain't got that in Dallas. Not that kind of leadership. Dak is supposed to represent that. And you're literally cutting his legs from out under him by saying that you don't want to give him an extension by going into this offseason. It just doesn't make any sense to me what Jerry's doing. Guys, this is all setting up for one thing to me. When you have a guy that has a $61 million dead cap hit and a $59 million cap hit, and as of now, he is not going to get a contract extension. When you have a coach on his final year of a deal with definitively no contract extension, you have family members around the team talking, This is all setting up for one thing to happen this offseason with the Dallas Cowboys. I think at some point, Dak Prescott will ask out. 
I'm not saying he's going to get traded. I'm not saying they're even going to consider trading him, i.e. Lamar Jackson a year ago. I think that at some point this offseason, the way we sit here today, it is pointing in the direction of an ask out, which does not mean he ever plays for another team. It just means that if they're going to enter this season into a last dance without a first dance, and you have a guy that is an MVP finalist, and he is not getting a contract extension, what happens in sports today means that Dak Prescott and his representation say to Jerry Jones, we'd like to be traded. And until we have a resolution, don't expect us around the facility. Well, that's the best business move for Dak, right? Because why do you need to incur any more risk for injury in being in the final year of your contract if you know that there's somebody else in the NFL that's willing to pay you the kind of money that you're looking for? Okay, stop it there. Just, it just do you doesn't think make somebody would? Make yeah. up a deal. Five for 250 Is somebody willing to pay that? No, that's not enough. Oh, well. That's, that's not, that's not five enough. Five for 300 Yeah, five for 300 Is there a five team for in your mind? Uh, $225 million guaranteed. Okay, there is a team Hell in yeah. your mind that would pay. Hell yeah. Would the Atlanta Falcons pay him that right yeah, now? Yeah, it'd be money well spent. Would the Seattle Seahawks pay him yeah. that right now? Yeah, yeah. So then He's there's your answer. He's a top 10 player at the position. Right. So Whether they, or not you think he can win a championship is irrelevant, but is he better than Geno Smith? Is he better than what, Desmond, uh, Ritter? Ty, Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, yes, yes, or Justin yes. Fields, who's going to potentially be out there for trade? Would New England pay uh, Would you that? rather have Dak or Kirk Cousins? I would rather have Dak. I mean, there's more runway. He's younger. He was more productive this year. Yes. Right. So if we're going through this yes. exercise, yes. it is ignorant for anyone to think that the, here's the, the crazy, Dak's team is not But here's the crazy thing. If Dak Prescott wants that, his team that's, that he wants to go to, his preferred destination, isn't going to have to give up the typical trade compensation that you would expect for a player of his ilk. Because, because he has a full no-trade clause and he has a full no-franchise tra- no tag clause. So it ends up being, in a, in a, in a, in a matter of speaking, an NBA-style trade. Like it, we brought up Brad Beal as the example. Right. It, Brad Beal was traded from the Washington Wizards to the, 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 the Phoenix Suns. And the Suns gave up what amounts to a YMCA membership and a gas card. Like that that's what it that's what it would be. So Dak Prescott has that kind of leverage if he wants to ask out. The only thing that that makes me put a pin in that part of the conversation is what his brother Tad said. And Tad said, I want him to leave. I would like to get him to leave, but Dak wants to try to win a championship with the Dallas Cowboys. Dak loves it here. That's what he said. Now, if we're taking his brother at his word, and that's genuinely how Dak feels, then that's probably not going to happen. But what I will say is this. It doesn't make sense for Dak Prescott to take any more risk. He already took the risk. Mm-hmm. He was franchise tagged twice. And one of those years didn't end well because his ankle and his kneecap were facing opposite directions. So, I mean, you don't want to do that. You've already taken the risk. You bet on yourself, and you won. You don't have to take any more risk. And you're still going to end up being the highest paid player when you sign your new contract. The highest paid player in the league when he signs his new deal. If you're Dak Prescott, if Jerry Jones don't give it to you, then say that you want somebody else to give it to you and say you want out. Think about it this way, because we don't now, because of how much time has passed, the likely, likely MVP of the 2023-24 season asked out during the summer of 2023. Lamar Jackson asked the Ravens to trade him and then they came to an agreement. He never played another game for another team, potentially won't for the next decade. But it got so bad, and they were so not on the same page that he asked out. I think all signs are pointing towards Dak Prescott having no choice but to ask out under the current structure of the NFL today. Yes, people are going to scream and yell and destroy him. Hey, you're getting paid $59 million. Why are you asking out? Well, it's the nature of the business today that he is part of and that all these players are part of and all the coaches and owners and general managers are all part of. But here's the thing, and and this is what I will say. 
Jerry Jones will have no choice if Dak Prescott takes it there. He'll have no choice. But to give him the deal. But to, but to let him out. He'll, he'll oh, have no choice. Oh, I he'll thought have, you were going to say give him the He'll deal. have no choice. Like you, you, it becomes an untenable situation. You don't want to pay him. He doesn't want to be there. The players in the locker room already question him. And here's the kicker. At the end of the year, he can walk anyway. You can't. You got to get something for. So if you're Jerry Jones, you got to take more than what is what, what amounts to a compensatory third round draft. If he wants out, and he's saying, you know what, I'm I'm not interested in signing with you beyond this year. I want out. You have no choice. All right, Chris Canty's on the clock right now as a general manager. Very quickly, uh, the Dallas Cowboys are calling the New England Patriots. They want to know right now, Dak Prescott for number three. Who says no? Oh, I'm not giving up number three. New England says no without a quarterback? I don't have to give up number three. If Jack wants out, I don't have to give up number three. You can be patient. Atlanta, what about Atlanta, number eight? I'll give you the second round pick. I'll give you a second round pick this year. And I'll give you a mid-round pick in 2025. Cool, let's do that. Mm -hmm. Atlanta, number eight? I don't have to give up a top ten pick. I don't. He doesn't want to be there. Denver, number 12. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Sean Payton. Payton. That would be interesting. That's where... Minnesota at 11, actually, because you mentioned Minnesota. So Minnesota at 11 is where we're starting it. Yeah. Theoretically, if there's a Dak pra- uh, trade. Who, Dak with Justin Jefferson? Ooh, I would love that. Number 11, jo- I guess, Jordan is where it Addison? starts. Jordan Addison? We're on Sportsman, like, on oh ESPN Radio. John Payton? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. ESPN NFL reporter Dan Graziano joins us here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. I saw you over the weekend on TV so happy and smiley that you were in warm weather. (laughs) It was so perfect. I'm just standing there, like, looking up at the sun, like, not recognizing it because we don't get that here either. Well, you were sent to Buffalo, Let alone in Buffalo, right? Multiple weeks, and then you go to San Fran. Yeah, feels like a different was, world for you. I was, think it was awesome. Yeah, you it could really tell was. watching Dan on TV really over was. the weekend. All right, let's start with the Cowboys. We've been talking about Jerry Jones's comments from yeah. yesterday. I made this statement moments ago that I think all signs are going to point towards at some point this offseason. Dak Prescott asking out doesn't mean he's going to leave. Mm. It just means on the final year of a deal, Lamar Jackson style. I could see that happening. Is that nuts? No, I don't think it's nuts to think that that the Cowboys and Dak don't get to a deal this offseason. I think that's a possible outcome. Now, they got to carry a $59 million cap hit, 
So they may have to adjust it in some way, but that could just mean adding some void years at the end of it just to keep this year's cap number a little lower. But given the way the negotiations with Dak went last time, given the incredible amount of leverage that Dak has with the no franchise clause, the no trade clause and all that, um, I think they're going to have to give him a deal that, that, that he wants as opposed to a deal that they want. And I think that could result in them reaching an impasse where he plays out the final year of his contract in 2024. And Dan, I, I would just be curious from Dak's perspective, why would it make sense to incur more risk by playing if you know that somebody else around the National Football League would pay you what you want in a contract extension? Because the Dallas Cowboys don't really have any leverage beyond this year. Right. It's a situation where you know, if he wanted to walk, he could. There's a no franchise tag right. clause in there. So, I mean, and he has a full no trade clause, so he could dictate the terms of engagement right. in terms of if they wanted to move him. So, if you're Dallas and Dak ass out, I mean, it, it, it kind of becomes an untenable situation to allow it to play out on the field in 2024, no? Yeah, I mean, we're, in a, we're down a hypothetical road here, obviously. Like, Dak Prescott hasn't indicated that he wants out, and, and he may decide that his best way – to compete for a championship and maximize his next contract would be to stay in Dallas. I mean, it is a good team that contends, you know, for the postseason, reaches the postseason uh, just about every year. So uh, we haven't heard that from Dak. I I do think there's a world in which they can't reach a contract extension, but he still plays for them. I I don't Mm. think that's outside the realm of possibility because, you know, he he seems to like playing for them and, uh, and and they set up as probably a contending team next year. Dan Lyons offensive coordinator Ben Johnson was a name that had a lot of buzz surrounding these head coaching vacancies after the Lions were knocked out of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. A lot of people penciled him into that Washington commander's job. He elects to stay with Detroit. Does this tell you more about the desirability of the commander's job or what is happening in Detroit? I think probably the latter, if those are my two choices. I think we, we were starting to hear late last week, and Adam Schefter made this point on Sunday, that that Ben Johnson was not necessarily the the inevitable first choice of the commanders that everybody thought it was all along. Uh, and I think there's some element of this that that is Ben Johnson realizing that, right? And sort of, uh, you know, sometimes there's a, you know, you can't fire me, I quit kind of aspect to this, right? Like, yeah. like I'll, I'll get out in front of it and say, oh, you know what, let's take my name out of it, we'll do this next year. So, it's possible he wasn't going to get either one of these last two jobs, uh, and and he decided that rather than go through that, he has a good job and uh, a chance to be in this cycle again next year. So it seems to me, reading everything that 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 I could yesterday when this when this happened, that Washington had its sights set elsewhere, and um, and he decided he didn't want to be a second or third choice. Gross, where is elsewhere, and hmm. what did Johnson do wrong to not? Put himself in this. I don't stuff. know about wrong. I mean, like they, they may just have had their eye on someone else. Like the guy Mike McDonald in Baltimore, the defensive coordinator, is a is a very um, very popular name, and I believe he's high on their list, and I believe he's high on Seattle's list as well. So if that's true, he's in a great spot uh, right now, and, and and might have a really fun and um, and profitable couple of days coming up. Uh, Dan Quinn is in the mix in Washington. I know they like him, the Cowboys defensive coordinator, former Falcons head coach. So, uh, And then yesterday they were in Detroit. They interviewed Quinn in the morning in D.C., and then they went to Detroit where they were going to interview Johnson and Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator. They, they ended up just interviewing Aaron Glenn because uh, Johnson uh, had sort of dropped out. So I think those are the names for Washington, McDonald, Quinn, and Glenn, unless they open it up and start bringing in more candidates, right? I mean, somebody could decide – 
you know, should we wait a week and a half and talk to Steve Spagnolo, who has head coach experience and is coming off a big year as a defensive coordinator in Kansas City? So I, I don't know that that could happen, but you know, at this point, it looks like if the list does not expand, McDonald, they may have competition for him from Seattle. Quinn, a guy they like because of his experience, and possibly Aaron Glenn as well. Darren, yesterday the Pittsburgh Steelers hired Arthur Smith, former mm-hmm. Falcons head coach, to be their OC. How is that going to inform what they do at the quarterback position they're playing this offseason moving forward? It's interesting. I mean, if you look back at Arthur Smith's history uh, in Tennessee, where he was a successful offensive coordinator, a lot of it worked off the run game. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill was his quarterback. He's going to be a free agent. You know, you can connect those dots. I don't know if Pittsburgh will go that way, but, you know, this guy had some success with him. Um, you know, if I, it doesn't feel like a Pittsburgh move to make like a trade for Justin Fields, but he's the kind of quarterback that if you're Arthur Smith, you could really marry up with your run game concepts and maybe take him to a new level. So uh, I think Pittsburgh will be poking around in that market. I don't know if we watch them on Russell Wilson. You know, uh, I doubt they'd jump into a Kirk Cousins bidding war, but uh, they know they need to do something at quarterback, and, and I think they'll probably explore a lot of different options. Dan, Bill Belichick is still out there. Yes. If he is not hired this coaching cycle, do you think he could take some time off and still have, you know, options to go back into the NFL? Do you think he'll be looming out there for teams? Oh, yeah, I do. I, I do think that there will be situations this year where coaches are coaches either appear to be or are in trouble and that, and that his presence will loom over those situations. Yes, because I, I, I think if he does want back in in 2025, and indications are that he probably will, um, you know, this year kind of gives him the opportunity to kind of work behind the scenes a little bit, right? Um, it's not uh, it's not tampering for a team to talk to a coach that's not under contract. So, you know, he could theoretically get in the ear of an owner or two and say, hey, if you're thinking about making a move. And, and again, I'm not trying to cast aspersions. I'm just saying that's how these things work sometimes. It's mm-hmm. possible he decides he doesn't want to go back. It's possible he waits till the end of the year. But I do think to the extent that we talk about these things, uh, his presence will definitely loom over all of the coaching hot seat discussions next season. Guys, let me finish with this off of that, because I don't think we've thought about this at all. Are we sure he's not under contract? Because was, That's a good question. we don't know what the agreement was with New England because he technically had one more year left, right? Right. But I, I think the there was never talk of like a trade to the Falcons, right? It was always like he could do his own deal with the Falcons. So I think based on that, I think we can, we can reach the conclusion that he's a, that he's a free agent. The only reason I ask that, because if you're him and you don't get a job, I want, I actually want to honor that contract. You got to pay me. Right. <laughs> right. So they, they must <laughs> have come saying. to some sort of resolution. You're out of your contract right. regardless either of they, what happens. Either they fired him and presented it as a mutual parting of the ways and paid him whatever they owed him, or they came to some sort of settlement uh, that allowed it to be presented the way it was. Yeah, just I, I hadn't thought about that until you mm-hmm. just brought that up. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter, likes the sun better than the cold. He'll be on Get Up <laughs> at 8 a.m. Eastern. We are on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Dominique Foxworth's name has been mentioned on the show prior to right now, today, and he's in studio with us. Smalls, you want to tell him why? Well, Dominique, we do our ESPN power rankings every Mm -hmm. week. This week, it was who we think are the best chefs at ESPN, and you made my list. You were my number two draft pick. Can you cook? Of course. See, like, I, I mean, so when you're an athlete, like a lot of times you're off on your own earlier than most people are. Mm-hmm. So like I was 22 with my own place and and like far away from family. You learn how to cook. And also cooking is like following directions. Eh? <laughs> Can you follow directions? Yeah. They, te- they tell you the exact amount. They tell you the exact temperature and the exact time. Just follow the directions. You'll be all right. I mean, freestyle. Yeah, but you know, I mean, just like the best players in the league, sometimes you got to play above the X's and O's <laughs> yeah, in order to take it to that next level. Well, so not, you can cook. That yeah. doesn't mean you cook well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can cook good enough to survive. That's what and I'm saying. I, no, 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 no. Also, when you got to impress somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, yeah, 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 you got to step it up. That's your You got to step it up. You out so, here cooking? Oh hell yeah! Oh, okay, What's the right. impressive dish? What's hmm. the I need to impress someone nah, dish? See, that's the thing. You got to cater it to the. Uh, the the personnel that you need at that moment. So I think it doesn't matter what the dish is if the person doesn't like it. I'm a big seafood person, so I love a good deep fried lobster tail. It's pretty nice. I'm telling you, wow, I've never. It's a weird. The the crazy thing is, deep frying is so easy. (laughs) But but it tastes really good. I'm telling you, every single thing Dominique Foxworth says, I say the same thing. It is the. It's really odd. You would not think he and I have the same thoughts on everything. I'm sorry. So, I'm so sorry you for deep you. Deep fry Evan. lobster tail on date I'm, night too. I'm not. Well, Evan. man, y'all, y'all, when I go man. to a restaurant, I y'all are doing a whole He's lot. Yeah, stop lying to these people. Evan. We, going, are, we are not the same. I, I'm not saying we are, and I apologize yeah. for even thinking uh, that for you. you. For you, no, I mean, I'm just saying the you. going rate for date night is just <laughs> with you two guys. Well, let me ask you this. I think I won the draft after this conversation. I'm telling you, a little bit of sea bass. You're trying to really impress someone for everybody. You're trying to from Baltimore. I can make a hell of a crab cake. I'm sure you can. Ooh, I, love crab I won this draft. I'm about to leave so and go clear. eat. <laughs> you're trying to really impress someone. Uh-huh. You're taking them to the nicest restaurant or you're making them the nicest meal. What's more impressive? Oh, making the meal. Yeah, for making sure. the meal. Secret ingredient as well. I know where CC. Yeah. Huh? Nicest restaurant or making the meal? Oh, my wife. I'll tell you, listen, my wife is such a good cook that I have no problem saying publicly that my wife is a better cook than my mama. <sighs> my wife is the best cook I know. <laughs> Hey, I love I love the Reverend. I love yeah. Reverend Canty, but my <laughs> wife Mel Canty is a better cook than my mama, How and my you- dad agrees, but he won't admit it publicly. Yeah. And that's smart of him. That's smart of him. It's a good, <laughs> but he knows the truth. How does your mom react to that statement? Uh, my, my wife doesn't like it, and I'm pretty sure my mom doesn't either, but it's true. What you want me to say? It's <laughs> that's true. Really it's, int- that's how good of a cook my wife is. Wow. I married the best cook I know. I saw I saw okay? the ducks on Thanksgiving. The ducks I saw the, them. Exactly. They look amazing. I'm not doubting that, but what an interesting 
thought to pit your mom against your wife. Not, no, 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 no. That's reasonable. Like that's the highest honor you can give someone. Yes. Because like your taste is developed by the food that you grew up eating. Yes. So like he was like, this is this is great food. This is what I know is food. Then he had some new food and was like, oh, <laughs> oh really? Well, so? well, hot damn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I know that's the highest just honor. Ring for you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you go nowhere else cooking for nobody else. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Dominique, when you uh, see an hourglass, what do you think of? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you see an hourglass is LeBron James tweeted the hourglass last night. Oh, I, th- I thought this was a trick. No. Um, <laughs> LeBron, LeBron uh, literally after you the game. You trying to get me fired? What's going on here? He tweeted out an hourglass. What uh, does that mean to you? I assume when, if it's LeBron, it's about time, father time. It's He is timeless. Something to that effect. What was happening at that moment? I don't they were know. getting blown out by the Atlanta Hawks. Ooh. After getting blown out the night before by the Houston Rockets. Ooh, that's not good. Well, he's saying, let's be patient is what that's saying. Oh, yeah, that's LeBron for you. <laughs> that's LeBron for you. Oh. He's saying, let's be patient, calm, not overreact oh, to anything. Oh, he was thinking, hey, when times are rough, I know it would make me feel better. A little hourglass. <laughs> little fried lobster, Tra- maybe. Trading away some teammates, maybe. Yeah. You got it, Smallman. These other guys, they didn't no. understand it. <laughs> Hmm? What? Nothing. Inside I don't, joke. I don't know what's happening, but I'm gonna keep Inside it moving. I'm gonna keep it moving. I mean, since we had LeBron on the show, we have to have the Dallas Cowboys on the show. Oh yeah, Jer- Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Jones talking <laughs> at the scene. Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones saying or not saying that he would commit to giving Dak a contract extension this offseason. What does that mean, Neek, for the Dallas Cowboys and for Dak moving forward? Jerry Jones is running a reality show. <laughs> and that seems so I talk about this often it's like there's a hierarchy in all of the decisions that we make and especially in businesses is and in football it's interesting because running a football team is running a business that has two different objectives one is to make money and one is to win a championship and most of the time those things are headed in the same direction and they don't come in conflict then sometimes there are decisions that have to be made where you're putting your priorities on the line you have to make a decision and one will help you win a championship and one may not you see it often in basketball where it's like the luxury tax mm-hmm. yeah that's a decision you have to make that is one it'll show how important winning is to you or how important making money is to you I think being in the limelight and making an entertaining product, and I hope Jerry Jones does not listen to this and decide to change course because, damn, if I don't appreciate it in the offseason when he gives us something to talk about. But he's not dumb. He knows saying the things that he's saying is going to make for more circus around his team, and that's how it's grown to be America's team because of the circus he creates around it. And maybe he's trying to create leverage, but it doesn't seem helpful. It seems like it's detrimental to a player the most important player on his team, who's also like mentioned that he's had struggles with mental health issues in the past, like having him year round under this amount of pressure and stress, it's not healthy or good for anybody, but it's good for our business. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> so Jerry kind of intimated that maybe Dak wouldn't be the long-term answer for them. Do you really think that instead of putting the ring on it, hypothetically to bring it full circle, that he would let him go cook for somebody else? He better not. Oh, <laughs> He better. I mean, I don't, because the thing is, Jerry Jones comes off as like this freewheeling oil man, but he's really been kind of conservative in a lot of the decisions that he's made and the the, um, front office decision, the coach's decisions. He hasn't been that guy, but he's also a consummate negotiator, and I think that's what he's trying to do is he doesn't have any leverage. He's trying to create leverage. Either create leverage or create attention for his team so he can continue to grow the popularity of the Cowboys. But that's the only way, because I heard you mention earlier, Canty, that he that Dak has a no trade and a no franchise, and he has a $60 million cap hit this year. Yeah. 
Y'all better give him whatever he wants. <laughs> he has all the leverage in this situation. He can blow up this season by not restructuring his deal, or he can go somewhere else next year when he's a complete free agent. So Jerry's trying some way to manufacture leverage, it seems like, in a situation where he has none. Let me ask you a question, Nick. Is there a third option for Dak Prescott, which is asking out from the Dallas Cowboys, demanding that they trade him this offseason? Um, if he wants to get traded, and yeah, I heard you say this too, Evan, how you think he's going to demand out. I could see him doing it, but where I disagree with you is, I guess maybe he doesn't end up going anywhere. That's what I'm saying. Right, yeah, but I think he doesn't do it unless he goes somewhere. Because the point of asking out is, again, this is a way to create leverage. Dak don't need no leverage. You got all the it was in the world, one of yeah. the best quarterbacks in football this year. They came up short in the playoff game in part because of him. That's fine. Go ahead. Get another quarterback. He has all the leverage in the situation, and I don't see him asking out unless he's serious because that he doesn't need any more leverage. He has all the leverage. Well, what happens then if they don't give him the contract? He's just going to play the final year on that deal? Yeah. And they, the Cowboys will be hamstrung by that $60 million cap hit. They're not going to be able to sign the other players that they need to and put together as good a team as they want to make a run at a championship. And then Dak's going to be a free agent, and he's going to be able to pick a roster that he wants to join. And then he's going to go win the Super Bowl somewhere else and all the stuff that people said he couldn't do. And everyone's going to feel dumb because he picked the perfect roster the way that Tom Brady did and the way that Matt Stafford, when he was traded, I know he didn't have full choice, but it seemed like he kind of created that opportunity too. But that's where I wonder – whether or not that's exactly what Jerry Jones is doing. Like, we're going to go as far as that goes. I'm going to give you the $59 million. You're going to have to work around that. I, it, to me, the way I've looked at this, Dominique, is that they're trying to approach a last dance without a first dance. That they may look at this and say, this is it. If we don't do it this year, that's it. Fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Then what, so the, when you, I feel like we're heavy on the negotiation point. But when you are in negotiations, the leverage comes from your walkaway option. How strong is your walkaway option? Mm. And how much do the other side believe that you will take your walkaway option? Jerry Jones' is a walkaway option is Trey Lance, mm. quarterback purgatory, mm. hoping you get lucky in the draft, mm. overpaying for a free agent that's not as good as Dak Prescott. Like, that's his choice. What's Dak's walkaway option? Become a free agent, get $250 million guaranteed, and go wherever the hell you want. That's, that's, a real, so that's a real strong option. So when Jerry walks in there and like, wait, we're we not going to pay you this much, Dak can say, fine, we'll go out there with a uh, uh, um, less than competitive roster because of my cap number, and then I'll take all 60 of those million dollars, or excuse me, 59, give me all of that, and then I'll go get more in a better situation where I don't have to deal with this nonsense and win a championship. Jerry has no leverage. Nick, Bill Belichick and the Atlanta Falcons, that marriage fell through. It didn't necessarily work out. But it's been reported that Bill Belichick was and continues to be on the Philadelphia Eagles' radar. Are you surprised, more surprised that Bill Belichick doesn't have a job or more surprised that Nick Sirianni still has a job? (laughs) I think I'm more surprised that Bill doesn't have a job. I think moving on from Sirianni so soon after the Super Bowl, after losing both the coordinators, was a bit hasty, unless there's something else going on inside the building that we don't completely understand. You don't want to create upheaval, I don't think, if you don't have to. And if you, sometimes you might have to because something's happening that, that we don't know outside. Right now, it's just we had a bad year. We lost our coordinators. We had some injuries. Things went bad. Let's bounce back. The Bill Belichick point is believable, but it's more shocking to me because he hasn't been good recently. So, like... 
assuming that you're going to get top-level Bill Belichick after he's had good defenses, but they haven't had great teams. Yeah, that's not surprising. But Bill Belichick expects a lot of things from a place that he's going to go. And not everywhere is comfortable giving it to him. But I do think that the rest of the coaches in the NFL really wish that he had a job because he's going to be hovering over all of the teams all season long. Every time someone with a team that has expectations slips up, the name Bill Belichick is going to be So there. even if he doesn't get a job this offseason, you think he still coaches in the NFL? Yeah, I do. Okay. Before we let you go, Dom, CeCe asked you this during the break, and we said save it for air. I want to hear the answer. Okay. How good is Brock Purdy? Very good, period. So I think that <laughs> you have to take into context um, how young he is. And I think some of the best quarterbacks in this league came into good situations and weren't asked to do a whole lot early on in their career. And Brock Purdy's done more than most of them honestly, and he's going to continue to get better. And the success that he's had in the sh- two short years of his career, I think are incredibly promising. So uh, the- so you're saying he's very good now, or you're projecting him to be very good? I'm projecting him to be very good. Okay, so what is he now? Uh, he's uh, good. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's not good, good, but he's still good. So is he a top 10 quarterback? Definitively. Is he yeah. a top 10 quarterback? Yeah, I think so. I guess uh-huh. you don't ask me to list the top ten quarterbacks. Yeah, that's oh, where it okay. gets hard. Right. So you I said he's a top ten quarterback. Okay. So like, the situation matters, and like taking people out of the and isolating them, I think makes it harder to determine who's good, who blah 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 blah. There's so other so many other variables that impact the way the quarterbacks play. I think that we've seen that Brock Purdy's style of play is not the game manager style, and I think the holdup for a lot of Shanahan teams is that he had game manager quarterbacks, and when they needed somebody to go above and beyond, they didn't have it. Brock Purdy is that guy where he is going to be a game changer. And sometimes he changes the game in a bad way because he takes risks. Yes. And sometimes he changes it in a, in a good way. And so I think sometimes ranking the quarterbacks is fun, but it's hard because they're so different. And what Brock Purdy provides for this team is incredibly valuable to them. They're in the Super Bowl in large part because of Brock Purdy. You can take a bunch of players off of that team. And I think the one player that would have the biggest impact if you took them off it's Brock Purdy. Because he plays he's, quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, he plays exactly. quarterback. And he's I mean, good at it. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It's If you – yeah, if we're having a draft, I don't know if I'm drafting Brock Purdy first, but if I could draft his You offense, ain't drafting him in the top ten. Yeah, if I could draft his offense with him running it. Yeah, that, that's, what you're, that's what you're doing. But if we're talking about, hey, you've got six all-pro players on the offensive side of the ball – Pick a quarterback around the NFL. Brock Purdy is not in the top ten quarterbacks that you pick it. You're right. Fortunately, okay, but, <laughs> fortunately, but you said he's a top ten quarterback. I just fortunately I don't we don't have to do that. That's fair. Like, That's we fair. don't have That's to do fair. that. It's hypothetical. I got it. it. Feels, no, I get it. We got to fill up these airways with something, yelling about <laughs> something. But I like Brock Purdy, man. Okay, I right. didn't at first, and I do now. All right. Dominic Foxworth, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Listen to the Dominic Foxworth Show wherever Thanks. you get your podcasts and YouTube. And obviously, uh, yesterday, something fun with Kevin Clark about uh, yeah. Jared Goff. You can listen to that. We are on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle home and auto and save. Visit Progressive.com each and every day. Pat Costello, our producer, gives us things. He's over sports, life, entertainment. Go ahead, Pat. This crowd who says that the NFL is rigged just because the outcome of the game doesn't go their way. You see it on social media constantly. It's huge right now. Do people realize how dumb they sound and how dumb they look when they say this? Do you know what level of conspiracy that would take on the NFL's level to even have a conversation about that? Like, it would be leaked immediately. It's so insane that anyone would even suggest it. Your team is just not as good as the other team. I'm sorry. I think one of the best things the NFL has done from a marketing perspective, and the NFL obviously is king in our country. We know that from a sports perspective. I loved when they leaned into the whole thing about it being scripted. The yeah. NFL script with so the players good. sitting That's around. So yeah. It's almost like someone just hijacked the NFL marketing and said, like, hey, we're going to have fun and lean into the critique of us. And they're like, wait, what? Did we just do that? Because that's not the NFL style to do that. I thought it was perfect that they actually did that because it is, as Pat said, it is so utterly ridiculous. Instead of speculating, Chris Canty, you played 11 years in the NFL. Was it rigged? No. Okay, we move on. <laughs> But it feels like that sometimes, does it not? Like, of course they would want the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl because Taylor Swift has generated over $330 million of advertising for them. It it feels sometimes like the storylines are so perfectly in alignment that it is scripted. I know that it's not. I And I love a conspiracy theory, and I know that it's not. But to have Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit in the playoffs, there's, there's so many things well, that happen. You just went there. What? I'm saying you're adding to it just now, uh, right? There, there's a lot that happens. I don't think she she's doing it. There's a Chill. lot. I don't believe it, but I'm just saying there's but a even, lot that happens where I could see people leaning into the it. The NFL did not want to script Tom Brady getting hurt week one of the 2008 season after he had an undefeated season in the regular season and lost in the Super Bowl. The NFL did not want that. Yeah, neither did me. Neither did I. No, but I'm just saying like that, that wasn't a part of the NFL script. <laughs> Like, that's just one example. But you, small, here's what Smalls just did. Like, oh, you're on a diet? Let me put hamburgers, cheeseburgers, pizza in front of you. Don't eat it, though. Don't eat it. You're on a diet. Like, you just gave the menu to all of the people that think it's rigged. You literally said Stafford going back to Detroit, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey going to the Super Bowl. You gave them the menu. Now you're telling them don't eat off of it, though. Just saying. Just because it's there doesn't mean you have to eat it. Pat, did she not just do that? Yes. Oh, thank you. Michelle? It does sometimes feel like a scripted reality show. I know so that it is not. So you're the person that he's talking about. The storylines are so good consistently. It's, it is sometimes mind-boggling that it consistently works in their favor. Maybe it's just because the NFL as an entertainment product is just so good. Maybe. Consistently. Like, we love football. And there are so many different storylines with seemingly every team. And there's more player movement in sports than there's ever been before. So storylines yeah. are created by playing against a former team, coaching against a yes. former team, et cetera. Yeah. 
Exactly. Next one, Pat, because yeah. we didn't know we had a conspiracy theorist over here. I think the Chiefs are just better than everyone. Uh, people who use the word ick to describe something that they find unattractive in another person. Anyone who has like graduated college and is still using this, you're a child and you need to grow up. You're, like, you're just embarrassing yourself at this point. Get off the internet forever. There's actually a popular song now called Ick. Really? Yeah. I've never heard it. Yeah, I'll have to listen yeah, in the break. There's an actual song called Ick. I'm, a, I'm agree- in agreement with Pat. When someone says, ooh, you wear cashmere, that gives me the ick or whatever it is. Yeah. Saying yeah, it gives you, you the ick? It gives you the ick. I don't yeah. like that. I don't think I've that's ever actually even the heard that. for the song. Oh, really? <laughs> it gives me the ick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love how you just looked at CC, saw he was wearing cashmere. Well, I was just trying that. to think of something off the top of my head. <laughs> Trust me, cashmere does not give me the ick. I don't know. I shots fired. That's what I would feel like. Dan Graziano's cashmere turtleneck cool. Chris Candy's cashmere V-neck sweater, not so much. I'm very pro-cashmere. It gives her the ick. Carolina blue, they lost last night. No, Carolina gives me the ick for sure. 2005 National Championship game, we'll never get over it. So you're just going to keep saying the ick, which Pat says is annoying. Go ahead, Pat. (laughs) Yeah, that Carolina thing probably scripted. Uh, How does Doc Rivers keep getting these coaching opportunities? Can someone explain this to me? Is there anyone in sports who has gotten more opportunities than Doc while achieving less? Josh McDaniels. He won 15 years ago, and we keep giving him these amazing jobs. It doesn't make any sense. Doc's been the head coach of an NBA team five different times on a full-time basis. I want to say Alvin Gentry has been five different times and twice interim, and then Mike D'Antoni's been four or five. Mike D'Antoni would be my answer. Mike D'Antoni is a brilliant offensive mind, but in terms of accomplishments relative to titles, he's done less than Doc has to get as many opportunities. That would be my only answer. The other thing is... Everyone says Doc's a great guy. So you put him in the locker room. He commands the respect of players. He, Doc Rivers feels, I don't know him, he feels like a guy that could talk to players, coaches, general managers, and governors of the teams. There are coaches probably, CeCe, that you have played for that you could say, this guy can only talk to the coaches. Couldn't even figure out a way of sitting down with an owner of a team and having a real meeting. Couldn't sit down with the president of a team. Couldn't sit down with sales and marketing and have one singular conversation. There's no department within an NBA organization that you don't think Doc Rivers could sit down and talk to. Not one. Not players. Not more. Interns. He could do it. That's why. There's, he is, he's relatable and conversational with everyone. And he knows basketball. But I get what you're saying. That is fair. Do you, you have a conspiracy theory on that or no? No, I don't. I'm okay. good. <laughs> like, oh, he's a real doctor and that's why? No. No. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.